whenever you're about to sit down to meditate, always having in your mind that something extremely extraordinary is about to take place. Don't think that is just another ordinary day. Don't just think of it as just another ordinary event. You're going to go through it and there's going to be tomorrow. You're going to go back to your ordinary life. And if you approach it that way, what have you gotten so far? <laughs> Maybe that will continue. Okay. And don't consider those inc uh, extraordinary holy beings, extraordinary holy events, as being things that always happen somewhere else, always happen to someone else. And uh, think of the holy place, the holy time, the holy place is you. The holy time is your mind. Uh, and don't desecrate this holy place, this holy time. really revere this life of, that you have. It is a place and a time where the holiest event will take place. So we, I use some imagery and some words that you are familiar with to sort of give you, uh, sort of awaken the kind of attitude that will be as close as possible to when the Buddha is about to, when the Buddha was about to sit on the kusha grass under the Bodhi tree. He didn't just sit there with the idea, well, after this, uh, maybe I'll get Maybe that uh, maybe Sujata will give me the will be around. She maybe she give me that maybe she give me that uh, bowl of rice she gave me the other day. Okay. Uh, I wonder what the other guys will be doing tomorrow. Maybe I'll take a swim in the river with them. <laughs> so every time you're about to sit, sit with that attitude. Um, you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> So, the imagery, there's the messenger. Who's the messenger? That's the one that we've been calling the divine, well, how do we call it the divine? We call it the infallible guide. Your root lama, your guru. There's, a, there's a, another word in yoga, not just guru, there's a, another kind of guru. Uh, what are yoga people in here? Like, what the term for the for root lama in, in the yoga, it's called something guru. Something guru. 
whatever that is, that's the one. <laughs> because we have many gurus, you know. The guru teaches you how to, you know, soul. The school teaches you how to ride a bike. But there's the other guru, the one that we, the guru. There's a different way, word for, there's a different thing for that guru. It's like, uh, Lama is just another way that means teacher. It could be the Lama who taught you how to, you know, same thing. How to write a... Satguru. Satguru, I think that's the one. Satguru, yeah. Uh, so, root guru is like that. So, that's supposed to be uh, the one who's above your head. And I, and I call them today the messenger. The messenger in the sense that uh, what, what we think of a messenger, someone who brings you a message, someone who has something for you. So, the messenger is usually in direct contact with the source. And in this case, the source is not some uh, foreign uh, agent or some foreign uh, body, but actually, you could say, hmm, let me try to put it in a very pretty form, your own divine nature, okay? Your own... Uh, Buddha nature, ah, that's a cute one. Your own Buddha nature, okay. So, the one who points to your Buddha nature, so that's the messenger. That's the divine messenger. Now you're going to use an imagery. You're going to uh, have a sense of the presence above your head. And you can even see that... Uh, is holding something or she's holding something and that's the message okay and the message is your divine nature and you can see it as a jewel you, whatever your you you can let your imagination take uh, take control over here okay whatever your imagination wishes it to be to 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 look like to represent so that you so you can focus on it. In the same way that, uh, how about some of you will laugh, or you're not gonna laugh. Some of you will be tempted to laugh. So I'm gonna ask you to hold on, don't laugh. So if you wanna laugh, now you can laugh now before I even say it. <laughs> okay. So what? You can picture it as a sphere made of light, but uh, they, they have this beautiful word in the Mahayana literature, jewel light, okay, jewel light. And it is, <laughs> don't laugh, <laughs> it is red and white. Okay, good, you need to laugh. <laughs> it is red and white. And when the teacher, the fallible guy, the divine messenger, now uh, is, is going to make the introduction, is going to place this jewel in your heart, in, in the very center of your heart. Okay. So that's what you've been waiting for. And when you place it there, and, as, and just like... Uh, uh, if someone were to 
bring to something to you that is of uh, that is the most valuable thing that you can think of in a materialistic way of speaking. The most valuable thing that you can think of. Your eyes, and you know you're, you're going to be the possessor of this extremely valuable thing. And as soon as you or your eyes land on it, you don't, your eyes don't leave it. So in the same way, you're going to focus all of your sense powers on this jewel. You're going to listen to it, you're going to smell it, you're going to look at all the different, uh, different shades of red and white that it has. And as it descends, just like uh, the person, uh, maybe the better, better thing is, I mean, I'm, I'm someone that never bought me something that is an extremely, <laughs> extreme material value. I, I've never had that experience. But I've had the experience of uh, when I was, uh, you know, maybe five or early, when that age, when you believe in Santa Claus. And uh, when I know this present, this, this box covered, had something that, that, was, that I considered to be very valuable. Okay. It was, a uh, what was it? Never mind. <laughs> but it was the most valuable thing in, in the universe for me at that time. And it was in that box. My eyes never left that box. And as the box was traveling from one place to another, I would follow it. So in the same way as this jewel is traveling from the crown of your head and descending about to uh, be placed inside your heart center, you will keep watching it, keep listening to it. And the, the messenger is going to, uh, um, in whatever form you want to uh, see the messenger or just feel the messenger, is going to, in mm. this is a term that they use in, in, in Buddhism, I'm, I'm not sure if, it's actually, uh, if it actually makes sense, but it's going to dissolve into the, into the jewel. That makes sense? Okay. It's going to dissolve into the jewel. So now the messenger and the jewel have, have become one in essence. And what your job is going to do is to simply, you're going to just watch, watch it, stare at it, be amazed, and you, you have with the, with, with, with the sense of some, the most incredible thing is about to happen. Okay. Maybe it's going to, maybe it's an egg that's going to hatch. Okay. You can't wait to see what's going to come out of it. Something like that. Okay. With that kind of expectation. Just watch it. Okay. Uh, what does it got to do with meditation that we've been doing before? Have we suddenly, all of a sudden, stop? All of a sudden, stop all the meditation we're doing before. We're doing so good. We're getting, we're getting very interested in it, and all of a sudden, we're doing a new meditation. No, not really. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so this was the instruction for the meditation. Now, still connected to the meditation that we've been doing, okay? And, and I've used the term introduction is about to be made. And some of you probably have heard that term being made in, in, uh, in the meditation world, <laughs> okay? Uh, uh, in, in the yoga, in the, in the 
in all the different uh, forms of Tantra, whether it's Taoism, Hindu Tantra, or Buddhist Tantra, there's this term of introduction. Introduction is about to be made. And usually uh, the, your root guru, your sad guru, makes the introduction. And after that introduction is made, sometimes you hear that the, the, the student goes off somewhere to contemplate what, ha what just <coughs> happened, to become familiar with the, with the introduction that has been made. And then they come out, they're not they're fully like anything like that. Okay. Um, so the introduction that, that is about to be made is to your Buddha nature. Your Buddha nature is in that jewel. Okay. Uh, the the casing, the what, the casing, what you can refer to as the the conventional nature of mind. Wait a minute. That's what we talked about last time. Here it is. Okay. I guess same meditation. <laughs> the conventional nature of mind, and within that is the ultimate nature of mind which is the true Buddha nature. Okay. Now, <coughs> as you are focusing all your sense powers on to this uh, jewel inside your, heart, inside your heart, and then you know, oh, that's the conventional nature of mind. The conventional nature, the, the actual, the perception or the experience, the perception of the conventional nature of mind is not a conclusion that, that, that you get from some sort of analysis. It's not like, it's not uh, you try to figure out what is the nature of mind and ooh, uh, you figure it out, it's, oh, I see now I know what the nature of mind is. The condition, no, it's, it's something that you perceive. So in other words, don't, you, got, you, got, you got, might see your mind trying to figure out what is the nature of mind, try to come up with a solution. That, tell your mind, that's not, that conclusion is not the nature of mind. The nature of mind is supposed to, it's going to be an experience. It's going to be a perception. It's going to be something that's going to be revealed to your mind. Okay? Rather than a, uh, a solution that you, you come up with. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean that there's no uh, figuring out whatsoever. Uh, the figuring out is more of a... Uh, through your intense perception of the events that are taking place, you, you suddenly become aware of this common, uh, the common uh, the common experience or the common there's something that you, you that you will have perceived that uh, exists in common with all the, the events and experiences. So there's an image of something, there's a memory of something, there's an emotion. Why are all these things called mental? What is common with all these things that makes you say they're mental? So it's to come to, it's to perceive that, that, that phenomena that is common with all of them. So that's perceiving the conventional. You could say that uh, the conventional nature has several layers. Okay. That's what I can say about that. <laughs> and once you are absorbed 
in the conventional, in the perception of the conventional nature, then that, that then you could say you have pierced the 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 jewel, or the jewel has cracked open, so to speak. Okay, and now you're ready for that incredible introduction. Okay, and what you have to do then is to simply shut up. <laughs> No need to try to uh, 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 figure out what should the ultimate be, okay? But have have simply an intense aspiration to come into direct perception of what the ultimate should, what the ultimate is, okay? All right. So simply look at what is being presented in front of you. That's all. Without having to imagine it to be something. Without having to figure out it to be something. Okay? Right? I guess that's... Yeah. We have enough time. Okay. So you get the introduction and you get a little bit of instruction. So remember where we were before, the space of uh, uh, the, the state of your attitude. And again, go back to that. So not only, don't consider not only uh, that you are the place toward which you're supposed to have the utmost reverence because the most holiest event is about to take place. But also consider this physical space around you because it will happen also in this physical space. just to get us back, bring your attention back to that space, to the uh, space now at the crown of your head. There, the presence of the messenger from your divine divine nature, your Buddha nature, really just waiting for your permission so we can give you the, the message, so in a way to make the introduction.
that sense of reverence, sense of humility. Stabilize the tranquility, like the harshness of the crowd, but to listen to something very important. So stabilize this tranquility by observing five cycles of breath. So whenever you're ready, after you felt, you observe the presence or felt the presence sufficiently above your head, then you at your own pace, bring it to your heart and start staring and focusing all your sense powers in that jewel or in whatever form it appears to you. And then until it reaches your heart and then the messenger dissolves into the jewel and you're just staring at this.
attention back just being aware of the sense of ease, the sense of tranquility and let that sense of tranquility emanate from you like light and think of those places, those people for whom you have genuine compassionate concerns let the light go out to them and let it bathe them with tranquility let it cool their minds from delusions let it cool their mind of the afflictions allowing them to experience a clear lucid and tranquil mind also strongly make strong wishes for their welfare dedicating the power of the virtue of this of this meditation now back to the breath and through the breath become aware of the body with you out from here into your life the sense of the holiness of the place. <laughs> 